everyone, this is Carmen and Christina, and this is Historias Unknown, a podcast where we talk about Latin American history. Sometimes it's horrible and deals with heavy topics like racism, corruption, and genocide. But more than that, it's also about resistance, power, and community. And it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that today. And it's going to be a hot mess today as well. Yeah, so it's not only Christina's children here. I mean, Christina, but also her children is what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. We love our um, mamas out there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yes. She's on the verge of tears, y'all. No, I was laughing because of the thing we were talking about on Novelas con Cafecito. Oh, I know. I was going to keep going. Then I remembered that was a Novelas con Cafecito joke. Yeah. <laughs> Not an yeah. unknown joke. So I was like, whoops. Oops. Wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. <laughs> yep. Jinx. <laughs> okay, so today I'm talking about the West High... A walkout or oh, I forgot what the other word it's known as. West High. Oh, like a school walkout? Yeah. In Denver. In Denver? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about this. Um, I think it'll remind you a lot about the Uvalde. Um, <gasps> okay. School walkout. Like I really enjoyed doing the research because it just made me think of that. But okay, let's get into it. And before we start, I should give a content warning for um, racism, police violence. I think that about covers it. Yeah. So on March 20th, 1969, one of the largest and most violent student protests in the history of Colorado broke out. Over 100 Chicanx students from Denver's West High School walked out of their classes to protest racism in their school and to demand better educational opportunities like more bilingual classes and for Chicano history and literature to be part of their curriculum. Although the school had a huge Mexican-American population, the school was not welcoming to students of color. The students were also demanding the firing of a teacher. They were demanding for them a teacher to be fired? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. And I'll explain why in a bit. Okay. Um, and for teachers to stop telling students to join the military, uh, especially during the Vietnam War. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. So the specific teacher in question uh, that the students were protesting against was Mr. Harry Schaefer. He was the one telling them to join the... No, no, no. So the teachers were telling students to join the military, like instead of advising them, like, I don't know about college and things like that. Oh. And then there was one specific racist teacher that they were demanding be fired. Oh. So this teacher was Harry Schaefer, and they were protesting against him over his teaching methods that Mr. Schaefer argued were meant to provoke debates and things like that but the problem was that during these debates harry and sometimes i'll say harry sometimes i'll say mr schaefer because who cares about this man okay so <laughs> sorry because i was like dealing with things over here mr schaefer was making them debate racist things no 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 oh he okay. was being racist during his teaching methods including him being racist <laughs> and he tried to argue that he was trying to spark debate among the students okay okay so he was using okay yeah I get it he was trying to justify his racism through debate debate <laughs> <laughs> yeah i see okay yeah he would say things like mexicans are stupid because their parents were stupid and their parents parents before them were stupid um okay that's not even something you debate that's just mean and racist that's just racist and mean yeah. yes <laughs> Oh, my God. And then he would purposefully or purposely. I can't figure out what word it was because both of them are not showing like maybe they're both right. That they're not. Oh, my God. Is he right? And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is he right about us? Just kidding. But he would like on purpose mispronounce students last names because he thought it was funny. 
in an article written in El Gallo, which seemed like it was written by the students themselves. Okay. They called Harry a social problem. <laughs> yeah. So in response to this teacher and, you know, his racism, things like that, the students held a meeting with the principal in which they demanded that Harry Schaefer be fired or for him to be sent to another school. And after the administration said they were to take care of it, Rodolfo Corky, that was his nickname, Gonzalez told them, either you take care of the problem your way or the people will take care of it their way. And okay. then just really quick about Corky Gonzalez. So he was a I actually recognize that name. Yeah. I think you probably do. Yeah. yeah. So he was a poet, activist and amateur boxer and one of the leaders of the Chicano movement of the 60s and 70s. Corky and his wife, Geraldine Gonzalez, created the organization Crusade for Justice, which was based in Denver. During the 60s, the Crusade for Justice worked alongside Cesar Chavez and the United Farm Workers of America and also with the Southern Christian Leadership Conference Poor People Campaign. And Corky and the Crusade for Justice supported the students and helped them organize the walkout. Amazing. Yeah. And I read a little bit about him. He just seemed really cool and his organization, too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've read some of his poems. Oh, you probably have. I, you know what? Mm -hmm. I should look for some. Yeah, I'm almost sure that you'd probably recognize. There's like one specific one. Well, now we need to see right now. Here, I just Googled his name and poem. I am Joaquin. That's the one. Yeah, oh. yeah, yo soy Joaquin. That's the one I'm sure you would recognize. And I I think I recognize it even more because I, I, it was mentioned in the um episode from last week. Yeah, the Chicano Park documentary. But uh, yeah, I am Joaquin, lost in a world of confusion, caught up in a world. Yeah, so there's a, um, where's the part that a lot of people, yeah, I am Cuauhtémoc, proud and noble, I am a Maya. Yeah, it, I mean, it's this is probably the most recognizable one. I am jo Joaquin. Interesting. I didn't feel like reading all of it. It's long. <laughs> it is long. He says, I'm Joaquin. I rode with Pancho Villa, crude and warm, a, a tornado at full strength, nourished and inspired by the passion and the fire of all his earthy people. I am Emiliano Zapata. This land, this earth is ours. And yeah, it just goes on. Yeah. I like how he names like actual different like native tribes and stuff yeah yeah wow donatzin also well la virgen juan diego mm -hmm. everyone so he helped organize and him and her his organization helped organize the walkout the meeting between the students and administration happened on february 28 1969 and several days after that the administration made their decision to do nothing <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't have to yeah, yeah. They made their end decision. <laughs> yeah, they they did nothing. <laughs> um, so Harry Schaefer was not fired nor transferred to another school. The school's inaction pissed the students off. Rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> and ignited the students to organize. And then Harry Schaefer's behavior only got worse after the meeting. Oh, God. He's like, I'm untouchable now. It, well, that's what happen when, happens yeah. when people are not held accountable. He just became emboldened. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a smart word. Well, I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Harry Schaefer? Yeah. <laughs> so the students started passing out pamphlets describing the meeting, like what happened at the meeting and urging other students to take action. And the Crusade for Justice helped as like a mobilizing center um, and organizing center. And also just 
an aside about the Crusade for Justice, it also um, was like a social center for Chicano students. There was acting classes, plays, dances. Oh, that's cool. And they also taught um, Chicano history. Okay. So the day before the protest, the students were excited about the buzz they had generated and they were spreading the word about the walkout. And they were expecting about 50 students to walk out. Instead, hundreds and hundreds of students. <gasps> I think I read the first day was like about 300 people. Oh, my God. Along with their families and then the members of the Crusade for Justice participated. Wow. So on Monday morning of March 20th, students began leaving classes first in small groups. And I mean, but later they, you know, were a big group after that. They met up with members of the Crusade. And by the time they met up with the Crusade members, there was like about 300 people marching. And then they marched to the Baker Junior High, gathered more demonstrators, and then went back to the school. Oh, love it. Reminded me of us and our walkout and how we went to the middle school. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the sixth graders were part of the elementary school still yes. in our yeah. school. And then the middle school was us. And they were in a different building. Yeah. But it reminded me of that. But once they got back to West High, they were met with police in riot gear, gas masks, building clubs tear gas canisters, and helicopters even. Of course. So altercations between the cops and the protesters escalated when the cops tried to force the protesters into the park. But the protesters could not be contained. <laughs> Love it. So they marched from the school to the Denver Police Building, City Hall, and the mayor's office. And observers said everything broke loose. Nightsticks started swinging and cops were pulling girls' hair by the handful. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, cops were pulling girls hair by the handful. Nearly every cop I saw had a mindless look and was beating kids savagely. Like how fucking embarrassing to be <laughs> a grown a bunch adult of high schoolers beating up high school boys and girls like embarrassing, truly. Yeah. Um, Jeannie Perez, one of the student organizers, said, a lot of us were scared to death. We were just out there to demand some rights. We weren't being violent. We were out there with families. Our younger brothers and sisters walked out. We didn't have any riot gear or gas masks. The police did and they came ready for war. I noticed my brother Max was passed out from, from the gas by a tree. Oh, poor baby. I know. Um, I don't know how old he is, but anyone. Uh, a middle under. schooler probably. <laughs> I revived him with a little snow that was on the ground and no, it off was running. snowing. Apparently, yeah. Wow. Uh what? Well, March, when, Denver. Okay, March. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I forgot what what month we were I in. I know. I forgot where we even were because until I read snow and I was like, what? <laughs> snow. <laughs> um mm, makes sense now though. Yeah. Um Nita Gonzalez, Corky's daughter, said that students were tumbling over because the cops were pushing everyone back. And then the cops started grabbing her and other students by their hair, shirts, and coats. And that upset Corky and other adults. But when the adults tried to intervene, the cops beat them up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ultimately, 26 people were arrested, including a news photographer and 11 youth. Wow. Um, six people were injured and at least two were hospitalized. Among the injured was a cop, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who cares? Among those arrested were Corky and his wife, Geraldine, Jenny Perez's sister, Margot. Um, well, that's who I saw, but I'm sure, of course there was other because it said there was like 26 people. Yeah. Um, 
part of the reason that the police were ready in riot gear was because the FBI, the F and the B and the I, uh-huh. they considered the Crusade for Justice to be a radical group. <sighs> Dumb. And but this was the time, the oh, 60s yeah. and the this 70s. This is when they were going around destroying yeah, destroying movements, groups and yeah. movements, yeah. Mm-hmm. That were for the community. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not surprising to me, but also like they had no business sending police to a bunch of high schoolers, regardless well, that's of what the it reminded me of, of yeah. um Uvalde. And but that was yeah. worse. That was the uh, Texas Rangers, the good old Texas Rangers. Dumb. <laughs> Um, so the walkout was modeled after the 1968 walkouts in L.A., uh, which are more known about. So I don't know if we'll ever cover it. I mean, there's a whole less movie, you know, <laughs> I we don't should know. Cover the movie. We, no. we could. We should watch yeah. it. Yeah. Actually, um, we, we have watched it. It's just been a while. Well, rewatch yeah. it. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? Sorry. Side note about the movie that um, Miss. Uh, is her name Alexa Vega? Oh, I was going to say Miss Carmen uh, <laughs> from, from Spy, Spy Kids. Kids. Yeah. It's like a super like, you know. It's a radical movie. It's a movie about yeah. student walkouts and the whole movement. And she's like the opposite of that. So I know. How just throwing that out there. Her and her husband. I know. Oh, Pena. I think her last name is Pena. Because she's married to the guy from that show I we thought used it was to watch. Vega. Oh, is it Vega? I have no idea. I know I her. Because I think that was her uh, maiden name. No? Yeah. And she, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because his name is Carlos, right? Yeah. Pena? Yeah. 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 That's why I thought then maybe her last name was Pena. Either way, they're both trash now trash yeah basura but it's funny <laughs> because she's like starring in that movie and yeah. it's like mm-hmm. it's like why don't you left that role from to someone movie. better <laughs> yeah but she wasn't like that yet at least true of what we know yeah um so the walkout led to even more walkouts in denver in denver high schools and schools across the state with high um latina populations over the next few days in fact, the next day, more than 1,200 students, along with members from the Students for a Democratic Society. I think we talked about them before, or I've yeah. heard about them. Okay. Um, yes, I think this is the same organization that the um, Young Lords yeah. Yeah. Um, all like met with like the yeah. Black Panther youth and the co- yeah. all the coalitions. Um, but there was like a meeting somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the students for a democratic society and the black Panthers also gathered at West high. Oh my gosh. Um, I yeah. had no idea. Wow. And Yeah. And they marched to Lincoln park for a rally where they were once again met by cops decked out in riot gear. Of course. And this time the protesters did throw bottles and rocks at the police, but it was well-deserved <laughs> <laughs> because look, they tried doing things peacefully the day before and, and they were attacked. Yeah. Sometimes it warrants, like, what do you expect when you treat people with violence? You know, you should expect violence right back at you. You know what I mean? They got to step up. Don't they dish it out themselves. if you can't take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they have to, you know, defend themselves. So, yeah. So protests continued for the next four days and ended up costing the city of Denver at least $25,000. Wow. Um, And then protests actually continued throughout the rest of that year and the following year, like all over California and um, the Southwest. In and response were- to this? um kind or of like just like um not in response but sort of like as a solar solidarity well like for their own school system for their I'm own okay okay a bit. that's what i was wondering i'm just kidding oh my god why is that being mean to me <laughs> uh, i'm just, i'm sorry 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So, yeah, even more walkouts and protests were held across the southwestern U.S. protesting racism in the public school system, including the 1970 Uvalde school walkouts. Love it. That you talked about last summer oh well yeah okay this was like the year kind of like it sparked it yeah because we had this the east la student walkouts and then uh, many school systems were inspired by them and saw all the injustices and were also yeah standing up for their rights all around the same time yeah yeah so like it like la sparked it and they're like hey this is also going on in our schools and then la kind of served as a model even for this for Denver, mm-hmm. for West High. And I just have to add school walkouts, some of my favorites. I know, yeah. I love them. And there's another one that I want to do in Texas. It's another elementary school that's not Rob Elementary. Uh, it's like, I'm pretty sure it was an elementary school, but it was also it was also a good story. They're all good stories, obviously. But yeah, yeah. school, I just sometimes want to be like, oh, just let me add all these school walkouts. But we got to space them out. <laughs> I know. So a member of the Crusade for Justice, Ernesto Vigil, noted that none of the walkouts like in California, Texas and Colorado were coordinated with each other. Um, They were all like homegrown, but they were about the same things. Bilingual education, diversification of faculty and curriculum reform to include Latina history. He's like people were fighting for all the same things because all these injustices existed everywhere. Yeah. But they were not, like, connected. They were not, yeah, coordinated. Like, they weren't the same movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coordinated. I said it wrong, but yeah. Well, I mean, I said it after you. I think it's both of them work. <laughs> <laughs> so Ernesto also noted that West High Walkout was a central event in Denver to what later became known as the Chicano Movement. After protests and rallies were held all week, students met with the Denver school board and the city officials on a Friday afternoon. So it was like literally all week, like because the first walkout was on Monday and they presented their demands. So let me just list off the demands real quick. Okay. I love demands. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So one that no West high student involved in the boycott be removed or dismissed. Okay. Yeah. Two, the dismissal of Harry Schaefer, who has proved to be a racist teacher. (laughs) Three, that through the Office of Education, West High enforced the inclusion of our people's culture, language, and our contributions to this country. Four, that bilingual education from elementary school through college become a reality, that our our cultural rights as cited in the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo of 1848 be recognized and abided by. I don't know what the treaty says. (laughs) Yeah, I I have never read it. Well, I just like made it a note too, but... I know of it, too, but I just yeah. I don't think I've ever looked into it. Yeah. It just as our cultural rights as cited in the treaty. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering, though. What are the I'm just like skimming to see if I find something that would pertain to that boundary line, because if so far I'm like in Article 7 and it's just really just like land and mm-hmm. military stuff. Yeah. It's like splitting the land up. Hmm. Maybe we'll dig deeper at a later time but that's one of their demands good idea (laughs) i'm just waiting to see if something quick popped up but yeah i'm like uh looking on 14 now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's fine we'll we'll look into it later so five that the west high neighborhood complex have its own school board with no at-large members and i didn't really know what at-large meant but yeah i don't know six that chicano literature be provided in the west high library 
Seven, that teachers become more aware of the social and economic problems of the community surrounding West High School. Eight, that the teachers refrain from counseling West High Chicano students to join the armed forces. Seriously. <laughs> right? And nine, that class size at West High be reduced so teachers can be more effective in the classroom, that team teaching approach be used. Yeah. And you know what this, because this is the 1960s, but it just mm -hmm. reminds me back to when we were in high school and all the uh, Mexican, well, okay, all the non-rich, no, yeah, all the kids that were from low-income Mm -hmm. families which were majority uh latino latina right yeah. we were all the ones that were not in college prep or ap yeah level classes we were all the ones in the um algebra one and two three four or five six mm -hmm. the pre-algebra and, no and nobody said anything to us about how if you weren't in college prep level classes you couldn't go straight to a four-year university yeah. Uh, nobody said that to anyone that was not in those classes who already knew that. And then you got yeah. to senior year. Everybody was forced to meet with a counselor. And then they, you're like, oh, I want to go to this school. And then the and counselor laughing laugh in your face. face. Yeah. Got we said that at the same time. Like, it's like how because we traumatizing are, that was. Um, I, you know, I was going to say because we're still traumatized from that. Because Honestly, it was sad. Yeah. And I have like zero regrets about going to MGC because free college because I was poor, you know? Yeah. Um. But the statistics show but, that yeah. the more barriers there are between like that four year. Yeah. It's harder. It's harder to do call community college than the four year university. Um, then for a lot of people like it, yeah. there, it's it's shown that it's harder. And like, I mean, you see me, I, I, <laughs> I did not. I mean, it was for many reasons, but. Uh, they don't tell you that stuff and yeah. it felt systemic. And your parents don't know, you know, your parents are like, yeah, and I don't they know. speak another language. They don't, don't know, know the school yeah. system here. They didn't graduate in their own countries, you know, so. Yeah. And like, I don't know if it was, in I mean, it had to be intentional, right? Like it felt like it was systemically made this way. It can be a systemic issue without being um, purposeful, you know. Yes, exactly. Intentional. Yeah. yeah. But it definitely was like a systemic issue because I've heard about that in a lot of other places too. Yeah. I wonder if things... It, well, yeah, I think they were forced to like update everything now. Mm, when after Luis graduated so. maybe, our brother. Yeah. It was too late for us, but hopefully <laughs> things have changed. Yeah. So after the demands were presented, the then superintendent Robert Gilberts agreed to change the curriculum and the teaching staff. The racist teacher, Mr. Harry Schaefer, wasn't fired, but he was transferred to another school. Okay. The school district supposedly investigated the students' claims against Harry and found them to be unfounded. But it's like, how are you going to expect surprising. white people to, in to investigate yeah. racism when they themselves probably hold the same beliefs, even if they're not like outright as blatant as he was, you know? Yeah. In an interview in 2019... Emmanuel Martinez, a member of the Crusade for Justice, who was 21 at the time of the protests, said that he felt the walkouts did make a big impact in the community. More Latina and bilingual teachers were hired. Good. And like I said earlier, the walkouts helped start a movement known as El Movimiento or the Chicano Movement. A few weeks after the protests, the Crusade for Justice held the first ever Youth Liberation Conference and about 1,500 Chicane youth attended. Wow. Amazing. In the following years, uh, Chicane youth participated in anti-war demonstrations, more protests, and more walkouts. 
you know, throughout the country. So yeah, like it helped kickstart a movement. And something I found super cool was that Emmanuel Martinez's children have continued in his footsteps. Really? Yeah. His daughter, Mia Martinez Lopez, is one of three educational leaders at West High School. Um, I guess West High is like split up in a in a multi-campus school. So it has like three campuses. Wow. With each with its own principal or assistant principal. Oh. And this is from article, two articles I found from 2019. So I don't know how up to date it is now. But like pretty much all information I'm going to say now is from that. Those two articles from 2019. So um, Mia was one of three educational leaders. Her role specifically was principal resident at the West Early College. In an interview, she said that there are other Latino assistant principals and a lot more teachers of color. And she was proud to hear students speaking Spanglish in the halls. Ah, I love it. Because that's what her father and many others fought for in the 60s. That's beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful. And it reminded me of a recent Locatora radio episode. I don't know how I'm up to date you've been. I am caught caught up up with them. Okay. So then you listen to the episode about the Nostalgia Kids. Yes. Yeah. Because they were on another podcast um, that is pretty huge on TikTok. I've seen clips on Instagram. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've never listened to um, it. Yeah. Me neither. But that's what uh, spawned that episode. Well, Dios FM was defending the Nostalgia Kids and people piled on to her because people are so mad about it. And you know what? I was not one of the people that was has been mad about Nosabo kids because I'm I'm not a Nosabo kid, but I am a bocha. <laughs> yes, and those are not the same thing. I don't feel like they're the same. I some people but if say it, we were on a spectrum. It, yeah, that's how I think of it as a spectrum. And some people say that um bocha and pocho are like just like older school terms for Nosabo kids, but they're not. To me, yeah. to me, it's a spectrum. So like you have your fluent Spanish speaker on, on the far left. <laughs> yeah. You then have your your uh, pochas and your pochos in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Then you have your like uh, no sabo kids. But then you have the ones that don't understand anything. Yeah. Because no sabo kids still understand Spanish. They just can't speak it. I think of it as the no sabo kid as the youngest kid in a sibling set. Because by the time that kid you know, yes. older or, you know, starting to speak, the siblings all speak English. Yes. So and they it's harder. Learn less Spanish. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. not like when we were little, we didn't know English. English, we learned we English in to school. Speak Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have like our little cousins that mm-hmm. when they were born, we were teens. Their siblings were teens. Yeah. You add in families that have been here for generations. Yeah. And then it it's... Less and there and has yeah there's families like uh in that episode of Locatora Radio um Mala talks about her dad and this is what made me think of it cuz her dad was out there protesting you know around this time period in LA yes. and she's like you guys speak Spanish because of my dad so yeah <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter if i don't speak Spanish <laughs> like you're welcome yeah <laughs> and yes thank you Mala <laughs> thank you yeah and and Mala's dad <laughs> Um, but it's true. And so, um, and I used to, I had a friend I used to get annoyed with. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, because she, she, her parents were born here and her grandma was the one that speaks Spanish. And she never, to, and I, I feel like now I recognize my bias and like I was being a low-key hater. And so now I admit that and I'm like, you know, I'm sorry for being mean about this. I'm pretty sure I already apologized to her. <laughs> oh, good. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I did. Um. And it wasn't until she got with some guy who was like, I don't know, into Latinas. Oh, okay. But this is 
this is getting it, into it, fet- getting yeah. into fetish fetishization. Yeah. Damn. Fetish. Fetish. You know we can. Yes. I just said it. <laughs> okay. Good job. Um. So like it, that's why it was a problem for me because it's like you didn't try to learn and honestly understandable. Yeah. So it's like you didn't try to learn Spanish or get in touch with like the culture until you met this guy mm-hmm. who all of a sudden he was calling you his spicy Latina. And like, that's not okay to those of us that has always have always been perceived as the spicy Latinas. I cannot stand. Like I will. um, That's why it was annoying. And that's why I would make fun of her. (laughs) Yeah. That's different. Now I feel bad. That's not the same though. That's not, no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. And then also when we've, recorded episodes in the past like especially of novelas con cafecito and you know we recap the episodes but the novela is in spanish mm-hmm. so to me like i'll say things in spanish and then you like would always translate i'm like why are you translating it people that aren't watching it like people who don't know spanish aren't watching this yes i recall these conversations yeah <laughs> but now i'm like okay what if they're trying to learn spanish but we got a message she said her niece would watch uh, an episode of teresa and then listen to an episode of our podcast and see what she missed and what she understood and what she didn't understand and it's like yeah i had no idea people were gonna listen in that manner but it makes sense no yeah and so then yeah. after i you know, after you insisting, I'm like, okay, I need to stop being annoying about this because who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Some people don't learn Spanish. Um, Spanish is a colonized language anyway. <laughs> yeah. So stop going. But I will also add that people on TikTok are the worst and or social well, and media. And that's what that's what Diosa was saying because yeah. she was like saying like the response she got on TikTok as opposed to Instagram. It's like everyone on TikTok was mad. About what she said. Uh-huh. And it's so funny because even in the episode where they cover this, Diosa, Spanish is perfect. <laughs> it's top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm jealous. <laughs> Me too. Which is funny because, like, I'll be rooming a patient and then they're like, wow, your Spanish is not bad. And I'm like, mm, please wait till I have to say something, like, medical wise. And then <laughs> well, it's a look, mess. Me, you, and our brother also exist on a spectrum uh, where Christina speaks the best Spanish. <laughs> and then I be a little bit, like... Him in the middle and then our brother he just straight up makes words up and i do it sometimes too but he's way worse mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> he is oh like uh sometimes people will ask me on tiktok to translate a story into spanish that i mm-hmm. did in english and I'll, i've done like three i don't do it um because i forget honestly because mm-hmm. i could do it but also mm-hmm. i hate doing it because someone in the comments pops up and is like mm, look at this no sabo and i'm like you are literally the only person saying that right now like this is so weird because again, there's a difference and it doesn't matter because we're, we're there's not a, it's not a hierarchy. It's a, no. it's a spectrum, you know, like yeah. we're not better than Osabo kids. No. A Spanish speaker is not better than Osabo kids. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, just like, but people want to feel superior is what I, what I think it is. Yeah. And people love leaving comments like that. Like I've gotten no Sabo and I'm not even speaking in Spanish. It's like, just, I'm just sharing this story and it's like, you don't even know if I am or not, but who cares? And I've yeah. made videos like responding to that. Like if I were okay, but I, first of all, I can speak and I'll <laughs> do it in Spanish. Like, yes, I can speak Spanish, but you know what? Even if I couldn't, like, who cares? That's so funny. Cause that's also in what, when the episode, when they were talking about it, this was like, and I responded to one of the comments in Spanish. And then I was like, why am I doing this? Who cares? <laughs> That's exactly like no what, matter yeah. what I say, they're still going to be mad about something. Yeah. Yeah. Because then when that doesn't suffice, the, yeah. when they see that I'm not, then they'll just call me like white. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. 
Okay, and there's and? also white Latinos, as yeah. much as we make fun of them. And they know Spanish sometimes, too. So, like, what? Many times, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, um, this is the first app that has ever called me this, but that's fine. I doesn't... <sighs> Anyway, we're yeah. like way off track. Sorry, I know. Back to yeah. this. And where the yeah. hell was I? <laughs> uh, so yeah, she was excited yeah. to listen to people speaking Spanglish. Yeah. Uh, because that's what her father and many others fought for in the 60s. Another principal of the school, Teresa Senaclava, was the principal at West High. And her dad also participated in the West High walkouts. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the school now offers um, Hispanic American literature classes and Chicano studies. And like I said, at least that's of 2019. Okay, yeah. Emmanuel's son, Emmanuel's son, Esai Lopez, who was 17 at the time of the interview, was part of Al Frente de Lucha, a group that taught Chicano history and culture to the youth. Mm. Corky's daughter, Nita Gonzalez, ran Escuela, and I don't know if I can pronounce this, Tlatelolco. <laughs> Close um, enough, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's spelled T-L-A-T-E-L-O-L-C-O. Oh, I pictured what how it's oh, okay. spelled. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to try either. <laughs> Even though I could, I won't. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, an alternative <laughs> K-12 school that came out of the Chicano movement. That sounds so cool. Yeah, and then she was also recognized as a champion of change by the Obama administration. Oh, what? Dang. Yeah, she was quoted as saying, it was like a wildfire that just started to consume travel across the states saying we have the right to stand up we have a right to live a life that we have justice and equality and it's not going to happen because someone feels sorry for us it's going to happen when we stand up when we say ya basta no more we're not doing this anymore oh man i feel so inspired right now i know <laughs> and then i just want to share one last quote by stena clava so she said what we're asked to do is preserve culture, to preserve language, to fight for justice, and to fight for access. That's our call today. It's no different. We still have to do the same thing that our parents were calling for and asking for 50 years ago. Yeah. Wow. That was the West High walkout. I love it. Oh, man. Yeah, I love these stories. They are so inspiring. They really are. It makes me want to like, I'm like, oh, okay, where can I walk out from right now? No, work? <laughs> Your house. No, house. Work. <laughs> no, but it's amazing. Um, And it's like the last quote I shared, like we have to keep, you know, fighting. Yeah. And honestly, um, I mean, one of the reasons that we wanted to like start this and yeah. share these stories because. So that we learn from these stories and so that they don't get lost to time either. Yeah, because like I cannot think of another place that has like these topics, just sharing them, you know, like I really can't. Yeah, I've tried looking for other stuff because then I'm like, there should be other <laughs> people. And there is like on TikTok and stuff. But oh. I mean, like, you know, full episodes. On, yeah. I found some other podcasts about where they talk about topics like, but it's not like time, times in moments in history, specific moments in history. It's more like broader topics like. A parenting for Latinos, Latines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chancla culture, I seen stuff like that. Yes. Different things like, but like broad topics, you know what I mean? Not like historical yeah. times and moments, you know? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And this is what the people that are against critical race theory are trying to get rid hide, of. Hide, <laughs> hide, get rid of, pretend like, like, yeah, revert to what school was like in the 60s, 90s, yeah. before. Like, they want a world where people like us don't speak Spanish, are just like them, 
but not just like them as in status just like them as in bland and Mm -hmm. without sazon (laughs) and because if you don't know i mean we've we've talked about this but if you don't know your history and you don't know what people have been fighting for then well then it's easier to think that things are always like this when we don't learn about these things we think that things are always like this and then that causes people to no longer fight for their rights like people nobody was given rights nobody's handed rights like yes we've had to fight Mm-hmm. For the way things are, and things are still kind of shitty. So things will get yeah. worse if we don't stand up for our rights. <laughs> yes. Well said. And I hope that this was one less historia unknown for everyone. <laughs> Leave us that five star rating if you learned something new today. Make us feel nice. I mean, I'm wrapping this up completely because I, I gotta go clean a bunch of Nutella off the floor. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.